Hey guys, it's Scott from Game Time CT. Just want to remind you as you're listening to these podcasts and enjoying them to head over to iTunes and search for Game Time CT. And there you can subscribe to us, rate us, and review us for all our podcasts. We love bringing you these podcasts, and the more you go over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, it helps us out. So just take a second, pause, head over there, subscribe, rate, review, and then come back and enjoy Just for Kicks. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. My name is Scott Erickson, the boys' soccer beat writer, and we are joined, as always, by Joe Morelli, the girls' soccer beat writer. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Hopefully the weather clears out and we have some soccer today, but I think, I, I think we will. I know, a little rain on my way up here. I was oh, a little... Uh, rain on Thursday. We were not used to seeing that in the fall. It was not in the forecast. It was no, not in the forecast. Just a brief shower. I think, I think we're going to be fine. It's yeah. going to be like 90 degrees tomorrow. tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if there's any games then, and then it's going back down to like 50. So. Yep, and then we're getting, we're getting October weather. Yeah, and that's we're all waiting for October weather. I, I, I'm i sick of the I'm sick of the heat, and I'm yeah. sick of the mosquitoes. Yeah. So let's, let's cancel we, both we, those. We could use a frost, because I'm sure everybody's been under, obviously dealing with moving games games up in certain parts of the state and the shoreline especially and it's a difficult situation but you want to keep kids safe and i understand administrators decisions to do that but for the time being until there's a frost or two i think those decisions are going to be made and the games are going to be in the afternoon let's get that frost going let's yeah. start feel right. like fall you know right i'll take the dryness but i want to start feeling like fall right. too um so listen, we have a big interview coming up. You want to talk about what we got coming up? And yeah, the we have there? a Amity Girls soccer coach Owen Quickly. He's, this is, I believe, year twenty for him. He's at, built a, a very nice program. Always a, t- a contender in the SEC. He's got the reigning player of the year and that's and uh, sophomore Audrey Marin. She's been a player to watch. I'm sure everybody knows about her. Who scouts against them now? If they didn't know her last year, so he, he'll have, I'm sure, plenty to say about the landscape and about the SEC because he's seen plenty of it. And you've known him a long time, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I've known him for a quarter century. And uh, <laughs> is he – I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, quarter century. I met him in 94. And we're, That's one of the first guys you covered? I mean, yeah, when well, I was at the Milford Citizen. Wow. And, um, before that paper – yeah, when the paper was still around. And it was a great year. We're going to talk briefly about that, uh, about those times uh, when he was the boys coach at Lowell High School before coming to Amity. Uh, I just want to say, if you go over to Game Time CT, both Joe and I have put up uh, games to watch this week uh, on the site. Uh, I just want to say there's some really awesome games. Uh, and you know, today's Tuesday. You know, I don't know when people are going to listen to this, but Glastonbury and Hall is today. That's the rematch of the Double L Championship. Also, probably the two best teams in the CCC this year. Uh, I'll be at Greenwich Staples today, uh, and then later in the week we have some really really fun games. So head over to Game Time CT. Check out the boys' uh, games to watch, the girls' games to watch. And in those same stories is the uh, you know, the top performers from last week, and I've had great responses with people sending in their their top performers. I think I had like eleven or twelve people this week. I, I haven't had that many. I've had my well, you share. Had 10. I think you had ten. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, I've been able. I search a lot of those. Search, I, okay. I do. No, I do. <laughs> well, I, so I, why? But I no, get... I'm not saying you don't. But yeah. I, I, and some of them obviously you miss. But I, I do want to mention because I know you're the boys. I'm the girl. But I've seen a couple of boys games, and when, I saw a good one Fairfield Prep in hand. Yeah. At the Surf Club, um, could be an SEC tournament finals preview. Who knows? Um, yeah. Very interesting um, to see two penalty kicks within two minutes of each other. Legit, in the le- second half. Legit. Uh, I I do, couldn't tell in the first one. Second one, it was the keeper t- tackled um, Scott Testori, who ended up scoring both penalty kicks. And if you watch the, vi- I have video of him. Not that it was great, but just watching him hesitate 
both times as he goes up and strikes it to the same place. Very interesting. I, again, usually people run up and kick it. He obviously is reading the situation before he does it. But more interestingly is uh, how often do you see penalty kicks called in the game, let alone two in two minutes. Very interesting. And obviously that was the difference in the game. Prep was never the same team after that. Hand was able to open it up. Uh, and Hand, I, I think Hand is the team to beat, but they were out in the quarterfinals last year, so we'll see the SEC tournament, I should say. But obviously we know them as the cl- three-time class L defending champion. Yeah, it, it's rare for the referees to call one, and then they, they really hesitate to call two, I feel like, even if there's a legit foul. So right. They've already seen the penalty kick, so – if it's real fouls, you got to call him. But he was dribbling, and all of a sudden, the keeper came in to try to stop, and he tackled. And, and I, listen, if it's a foul, it's I, a foul, I asked yeah. him, I said, "Did you flop?" He said, "No, there was contact." So, I mean, did he ole it? Who knows? But uh, they called it both times. So obviously, he knows how to draw a foul in the box, and that's something other teams are going to have to watch out for because he's a guy that you have to mark. I mean, he was the guy who scored in the Class L State Championship final last year against Maloney, the only one. So. And people know that's a tough team. Their defense is a little bit – I mean, Prep had their way in the latter part of the first half. Yeah. You can break down hands defense right now. I'm sure they have some things to shore up. But obviously they have weapons up top, and that's going to make them very dangerous. You you can break down their defense if you're a good team like Prep. I mean, like you need well, to be a quality offensive team to break down that well, defense. Well, as we mentioned in a couple of weeks ago, Guilford was a man down due to a red card, and they scored twice. Right. One on a penalty kick. So and, and that's their only tie. So, I mean, yes, you have to have players that are able to do that or if you make a mistake. And Prep has got players. And as Ryan Liddy said uh, to me, he said that this will be a different game the next time they play them, which is late October. So I'm interested to see uh, how they do at their home place, which is, as you know, is a beautiful facility down in uh, Fairfield. Yeah, and I want to ask the the Amity coach about this too, but uh, what do you think of the uh, the SEC that they play teams twice in a season? Do you like it, or do you rather see them play more teams? I've always been a a proponent of playing everybody once. I'm on record for saying that before the age of social media, but right. I, what I will say is it's very difficult to do that in the leagues like the SEC and the CCC because you can't play everybody once. So because right. there's too many teams, and uh, doesn't it screw up the tournament when you have a team that doesn't hasn't played as quality teams as the others? And I, I think they've tried to change the seating where you, the, the, the division winners aren't necessarily one through four; they do it based on division record and crossover. Yeah, and that's like 14 games, I believe. And, and that's how they base it. Does it, I, to me, the best teams always show up in the tournament. So sure. if you have a team yeah. that doesn't belong there, didn't, or or is the benefit of a, of a better record because of the competition they face, you're not going to get very far in a tournament. They get bounced pretty quickly. I, yeah. I'm not a fan of changing the schedule because now they change it every single year. Right. But that's the only way. SEC scheduling in girls volleyball and soccer and baseball and softball and basketball is going to go forward. For years, they kept the same, and that it was the only way was to have different divisions for different teams in different sports. And honestly, if you're a parent, you're a player, I bet me, I don't know who's in the what division off the top of my head. I have to look. No idea. I don't. I'm, sh- I'm sure Coach will know, but I, I don't know. If, and that's if, not a bad job a, by me. It's just, no, I just it, don't know. If Joe doesn't know your division, no one pays more attention to these high school sports in the SEC than Joe. So – if he doesn't know, it's confusing. I mean, but that's the way it is, and it seems to work for them. So we'll Yeah, I'm see. a basketball guy, and I'll do a podcast on that. And this way. I don't know who's in what division of basketball. I won't know that till December, and I won't even remember it because it doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't they matter don't value – yeah. They obviously, by the schedule, they don't value divisions. And uh, I'm sure Coach has played – there's teams that Amity hasn't seen in years in girls' soccer, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. Nothing bad. That's, that's how they schedule. CCC schedules it similarly and try to keep it – it's hard. There's no right or wrong answer, but I do like how the FCAC does it because they have less teams and they're able to do that. 
All right, let's get to Owen, all right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll be right back with uh, Amity Coach. Welcome back to the Just for Kicks podcast with Joe Morelli and Scott Erickson and our guest, longtime Amity girls soccer coach Owen Quigley. Owen, thanks for joining the show. No problem. Owen, obviously it's a you're coming off a tough loss at Mercy, maybe a possible SEC tournament finals preview. And you never know. What did you take out of that game as your first loss of the year and not being able to score against them? Uh, it was a uh, very close game. Uh, I think we a draw would have been a fair result. There wasn't a lot of chances throughout the game. Uh, but I tip my hat to the Mercy girl because the girl who scored the goal, it was a goal that would have won in any game. It was a great strike. Yeah. But as I said, it's, uh, we didn't... We didn't deserve to lose the game, but we also didn't deserve to win. And I thought a draw would have been a fair result. They're uh, they're bit, they're physical, they're fast. It's probably one of the best Mercy teams I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, it was Lindsay Stevenson, I believe, that scored with a few minutes left. Yeah, uh, you know, we had kept it, we kept it quiet for a good part of the game. But as I said, she's uh you know, she doesn't stop. She's got an engine that uh, she could run all day. And as I said, it was a it was a really entertaining game. It was a good advertisement for for high school soccer. You know, it was a. Uh, it was, you know, it was it was physical and it was uh, it was up and down. But as I said, both both defenses are ruled today. Um, Owen, oh, obviously, uh, you you have the reigning SEC SEC Player of the Year in Audrey Marin, who was a freshman, and it's very rare kids get those kind of honors. Obviously, it was it was a close vote. What was Mercy able to do, if anything, to keep her off the scoreboard? Well, actually, we played her in a different position because we knew they were going to be looking for her. And she actually had a very, very good game. You know what I mean? Uh, Would you have her in the she, midfield? Uh, in the midfield? We had, we had, we had her, we had her on, 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 the, on the wing. Okay. She, uh, she created a lot of chances. We, did, we we had three or four, what I thought were decent chances that we didn't put away. Uh, she gives them a hard time all day. But as I said, you know, their, their, their defense is, is very good. They're, they're exceptionally physical and exceptionally quick to the ball. And obviously, I'd be remiss if I didn't miss 48 hours earlier in the pouring rain. One of the few times we've had rain this year, she had, I believe, two yeah. goals and an assist. Um, yeah, she was she, on the wing. She, she actually, not to, give her, not to give her any excuses, but she was actually playing hurt because we didn't think she was going to actually play the game. Did she get hurt in, uh, the, uh, in that game, second half? Yeah, she t- she, yeah, she took a bad knock on that. She couldn't practice the next day. And it was it was 50-50, and I have to thank the, uh, the Mercy trainer because she, she taped her up. And uh, I would say Marin probably played... Uh, Maybe 80% of her, of her capabilities, but Amity, still had a decent game. Right. Amity Coach Owen quickly joining us on the podcast. Um, Owen, uh, the SEC, again, we're only a couple weeks in. we got a Guilford team that's very experienced that hasn't given up a goal. You're off until mm-hmm. Thursday where you got to go to Surf Club, which is never easy to do, even though they've struggled early. They've started to figure things out. How do you see the SEC landscape? And obviously, you, I'm sorry, you tied Shelton one-to-one. How do you see the SEC landscape shaping up so far? I, I still, you know... I still think it's the same cast of characters. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, you know, you've got you've got Shelton, who's uh, you know, strong, uh, probably a down year for them compared to the, the lofty standards that they set. Uh, Guilford bounced back after a quiet year. You know, Hans rebuilding, we're rebuilding, Josh is rebuilding, but it's still, I think your SEC champion is going to come out of that group. And uh, you know, sorry, you put mercy in that group, so I don't think anybody. And no disrespect to anybody else, but I don't think anybody else is good enough to challenge for that. You said you're rebuilding. When does Amity ever rebuild? Well, we have to. You know, we graduated six starters last year, you know, and then again, as I said, we've had a couple of games where, you know, I thought that the game was well in hand and I and I went to my, my, my bench and uh, we struggled a little bit, but we're working it out. So there's no easy games, you know. Uh, 
you know, Sacred Heart made us fight all the way, so did Hamden. Uh, and again, we had a very good uh, game against Shelton. And as I said, our tough fight's coming now. We have uh, Daniel Hamden Thursday night, and then we go next week, we go Jonathan Law, and we go straight back into Shelton again. Yeah, Coach, this is Scott here. Uh, I was looking at your schedule. It's very odd. Uh, you six of your first games were on the road, and then you get to close, yeah. your, close your season with five games at home. How have the kids been responding to all these road games uh, early on? Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, what hurts us is we are probably one of the only few teams now left in the SEC that doesn't have a, a turf field. That's Everything right. we have is grass. So uh, we don't practice in, on turf. It's all practicing grass. And then when we go to play these schools, it's, 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 it's a little while to get used to it. You know, so that's that's the only. But again, it's going to come back in spades to us at the end of the year when everybody has to come to us. You know, if you've ever been to our, our school, our field is is quite large, and uh, takes a lot of getting used to when you're when you're the visitor. But that uh, that's on down the road a little bit. Is it just the speed of the game on the turf that changes, or is there anything else that changes going from grass to turf? It, it's, it's, the speed of the, the game uh, definitely changes. You know what I mean? I mean you have. If it's a windy day, you know that that ball takes off, and it's it's uh, first of all, it's not a good game to watch. You know what I mean? Because it becomes too fast. But I'm I'm a I'm an old, I'm old school. I believe the game should be played on grass. You know what I mean? It's it's just. But I understand why schools do you know, a multi-purpose field. But I do prefer to play on grass, as most of my kids do as well. Uh, this week, you guys just had the one game. Is that a valuable time uh, to have, you know, a little space in the almost in the middle of the season where you can work with kids on anything that needs to be worked on? Where you're, you're just going to have one actual match this week? Actually, it was a great time for us. Uh, we'd been banged up a little bit, so it gave us a little bit of time to rest up. And then, as I said, you play a few games, and right out of out of the gate, you know, it's you're just coming off your your, your preseason, and there's mistakes to be made, and then you understand, you know, it's where you, where you need to correct things, and uh, it's been it's been very valuable for us at the moment. Uh, I, I can vouch for Coach here as far as the, the field's very big and very crowned. And uh, it's in one of those old school fields. And as he did say, there's n- not as many of those as there were ba- basically, what, 20 years ago when you started? You've been 20 years now, right? Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great playing surface. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic playing surface. It really is. It's, 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 where, it's where grass field is meant to be. It's, it's exceptionally well maintained. It is big. It's bigger than any turf field that you're going to play on this year. But it, it does. It has an advantage for us. But then again, when we go to other schools, it, it flips a coin for us. Does playing on the grass and training on the grass give your girls an advantage uh, from a conditioning standpoint? Are their legs stronger? I mean, I, I always thought that the kids that played on grass developed a little better than the kids on turf. Or is that just me in my head? I, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, we don't get. We don't seem to get as many injuries when we play on the grass. And again, you. you it's, I don't know uh, there's been a research done on many injuries you know on the turf you know we we in preseason and practice and turf we and grass we, we never seem to get as many injuries as we do when we go on the turf and I don't know I don't know what, why, why that is but as I said I can count one how many injuries we've had playing at home but I can give you a load of them when we go on the turf <laughs> you know so it's a huge adjustment obviously Oh, it's massive for us. But again, uh, I think it's. I think hopefully it's going to become an amity because, you know, I like to be able to host SEC games at our place. You know, like semifinals and finals. You know what I mean? So it's. Uh, I think our school needs one. Amity girls soccer coach Owen Quigley joining us on the Just for Kicks podcast. Um, two things, as you talked about the landscape, the SEC and land. When do you start? Two things. When do you start looking at the landscape for Double L as far as again hosting or not? And B when or have you already started uh, practicing penalty kicks 
No, we don't. We don't practice the penalty kicks. You know, we uh, we have one girl who's reasonably good at them, so she's taking Keelan Morgan. She takes them for us during the regular season. And pertaining to the double L's and the SEC playoffs, I usually wait until you know eight nine games in to see exactly where we are, and it gives a gives you a good estimate how everybody else is doing. You know, at the minute, you know, Guildford looks very very strong in our confidence, but you know, they've got a very hard game coming up this week against Mercy. So, you know, we play hands. They play Mercy. Shelton has a hard game. You know, Cheshire has a hard game. So we'll see how it plays out the next couple just to elaborate on that point as we're taping this on Tuesday morning Guilford is at Mercy t- today uh, as coach said and Mercy is at Shelton on Saturday he's at hand on Thursday so yeah we're going to find out how things yeah. are going in the league Scott yeah, you know like you know Cheshire was, was going great and then Cheshire got lost one of their best players through an ACL yeah, you know Caroline I mean? Campion, so, who's going to um, I forget, I think Maris. Yeah, I forget where she's going. Yeah, but she, yeah. she's uh, you know that's a that's a loss that very very few schools could uh, overcome. You know what I mean? So, you know, the next couple of weeks are, are very important for them. But you know, they they're, they're right in the mix. And uh, as I said, it's uh, you you could pick one of any six teams that could win the SEC this year. So the way the SEC schedule is set up for people who don't know, you play uh, a lot of teams twice, and then there's other teams like Guilford you don't see at all. Do you prefer seeing yeah. some teams twice and none at all, or would you rather see more teams within the season? I'd, I'd rather I'd rather see more teams. I, again, I, I don't. It's difficult. Uh, we have realignment every couple of years, you know, and this is probably the first time in fifty years that we've never played Cheshire. Yeah. You know, and I enjoy games like that. And last year we weren't going to go. We weren't going to get to play Shelton, but we had to take them as one of our other right, your rivalry games. game. Your rivalry game, right? Yeah. So I, I miss that, you know. Again, like for but again, the the flip side of that, I was I was twelve years in the league before I got to play Sacred Heart, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I've not, and I've, I don't think we've ever played East Haven, you know. And as I said, in twenty years, you've Haven. never played East Haven. I I can't remember. I think we played East Haven once in the SEC playoffs years ago. <laughs> I've never wow. played. I've never been there. Uh, we've only had Longton Hall once. We've you know. It just the way the realignment goes, we don't get to the certain teams. I would like to see everybody. I'd like to see play everybody because when it comes to voting, if you've got a real good player in Brantford, I haven't seen Brantford now in seven years. And that's when they were good so, at going to the final, <laughs> state final. Yeah, but but again, they, they tell you what they put a whooping on Shelton. Nobody's put on Shelton in quite some time. I was coach. I was there. I couldn't believe they, they scored off a of set pieces. I took my son and uh, just to watch. And I haven't seen I, I Shelton just give up four goals since uh, Glastonbury in the state tournament in 2016. Yeah, that, I mean it's rare for anybody to do that to Shelton because they're very well coached and very well drilled. But give Bradford credit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I I I never got to see that game so. I'm just using Brantford and East Haven examples. They could have an absolute superstar that I don't get to see. So when it comes time for all league voting, it's very difficult for me to turn around and say, well, you know, I got to see this girl that's really good at, at Laurelton Hall or really good at uh, Guildford, but I didn't get to see your girl. So it becomes quite difficult. And, I've, and just to elaborate on the point that Owen made, they now, I think they're doing it every year. They're changing divisions. So I can you yeah. even name the teams in your division right now? Not to, I'm not trying to yeah. embarrass you. I'm just saying it's just – how do we you? Have I don't know. Law Sacred Heart, Hamden, and Wilbercross. Okay, so you know that. I bet you ninety-five percent of the people out there, including myself, doesn't know. They wouldn't have known that off the top of their head. That's the but whole it point. changed last year. Last, last right. year, I had I had them with me, and this year I don't. But I said, and again, you know, growing up, you know, having coaching at Amity, we used to play. Our, our division used to be brutal. Our division was us, Shelton, and Cheshire. The old SEC who's <laughs> the, the old Hoosie. Yeah, so. 
So every year, the, the, most years, the winner was coming out of the SEC was coming out of that division, and, and then you had two teams that made it had a great record that weren't going to the playoffs. And when you got you know, in, so, there, when you got in there, Lyman Hall and Sheehan were dominating. Yeah. So and again, we haven't played uh, Lyman Hall in a while. You know, uh, I see that I, I miss. I miss playing the old teams, but I do enjoy going the other on the other schools. But I wish there was a format. I feel sorry for some of the teams that, you know, don't have the 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 in town programs that we have and, and, and the depth that other schools have too, where, you know, we could play a harder schedule and maybe they could play an easier schedule. You know, I would love to be able to play and people disagree with me, but I'd love to be able to play Guildford, Han, Mercy, Hall, Cheshire, Shelton every year like they do in the 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 FCAC. Yeah, when you, by the time you get you to know. the SEC tournament, uh, when teams haven't played each other, does the seeding get kind of out of whack where, you know, a team that you might think is you better have, has a lower seed, maybe? Yeah, you can have a team that can go in, say, whatever, you know, and maybe have a better record than, than another school, but they didn't really, no disrespect, they didn't play, you know, some of the bigger schools, right. if you want to call them that, you know? So that's one thing I do like about the FC Act. The FC Act, you get to play everybody once, yeah. you know? And it's no—it's very hard. You've got—you've got career in, in, in our in our division, and we went down. We played them at the Boulevard, and uh, you know, it's it's when you come out of our high school that has everything, and you go there and you see a field that's barely lined and it's got no grass on it, and these kids show up every day and give everything they have. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's not fair to them to have to play us and Shelton and people like that. You know, I mean, twice a year, it, it makes no sense. It really doesn't. Oh. Coach, we mentioned and again. Owen quickly joining us in the podcast. We mentioned Audrey. Can you want to mention some other key players that you've had that have had a good year or that you expected yeah. to do a lot? Uh, you know, uh, again, as I said, uh, her, her her sister Ella has been a rock back there, along with uh, Natalie uh, and Jenna back in defense. You know, we had to re- we lost a little defense basically last year, so we had to make one. It's not like college where you can recruit. <laughs> You know, you gotta, you, you gotta, you gotta make. If you don't have something, you gotta, you gotta make it real quick. You know what I mean? But as I said, uh, I, I'm having a lot of fun this year because we've had to. You know, in years gone by, we we know exactly what we've had, and we've been very, very fortunate to been blessed with a lot of talent. Uh, this year, we have the talent, but it's young, and it's been it's made our job a little bit interesting. We'll say it's been fun. It's been real fun so far. When you have a regional high school like you guys have, I imagine the kids come from different programs as youth players. What's it like bringing in yeah. different girls? You know, when they come in freshman, sophomore year, and what's it like bringing them together as a team? Actually, you know, the biggest biggest challenge we have now is is not the town programs; it's the it's the premier programs. And you know, I coach premier, and it's uh, not as everybody's a premier player. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, and I think the state of Connecticut is one of the smallest states in the union, but there's probably more premier players than anybody. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's real. Yeah. It's uh, every seriously. That's no disrespect to Premier, but everybody's as a Premier player now, and uh, it's a little bit watered down for me. But so when they come to the high school, they've got delusions of grandeur that because they play Premier, that they're going to start, you know, varsity. Where do you start eleven? Yeah, where do you coach Premier? Where 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 do you pick up? I I coached I coach I used to coach at South Central, yeah. and then I I, I stopped and went back into the the time programs where, you know, it's uh. A lot more gratifying to tell you the truth. So, are any of your girls playing together before they get to high school? There's a few. Yeah, they're all in different premier teams, so they all they all learn different different ways of playing, and then they have to come to the high school and they have to uh, adapt. You know, and as I said, uh, 
you know, it's not a knock on Premier, but, uh, you know, I know some good club teams that would put a whooping on Manny's a Premier team. Does it, uh, if a kid's playing a possession style on one team and then going and playing a, you know, kick and chase on another team, does that affect how they go into the season? Yeah, or are they able does. to adapt? It yeah, do, it does. Absolutely, it does. You know, we try to possess the ball, but so I'm very lucky. Like, look, my, my kid playing in, in decent premier, premier programs, but every coach has a different style. So you've got 17 players, 18 players in your, in your high school team, and maybe uh, 13 or 12 are playing premier for different coaches. It's different styles. So the, the kids come back to you just for, the 16 week period so they have to get acclimated to how you play and the times you have to change what you do because you know, sometimes they come back with pretty good ideas you know yeah. what i mean so it's, well, it's a learning process too that's very open-minded of you i mean is that just the way the oh, coaching has to be now oh i gotta i gotta tell you I, when i see when i go to high school and i see kids warming up and i see a set piece during the game i say to the coach i'm stealing that that's a great <laughs> idea but I, I give credit where it is you know I, I steal with pride every time i go to your game i see things and i go that's fantastic Hopefully, we've got the ability and the coaching staff and the players to implement that. But our game is evolving every year. You know what I mean? It's used to be girls' soccer was very, very timid. Now it's, you know, they they it's physical. It's it's it's, it's extremely athletic. It's uh, it's skillful, and uh, you have to adapt to that. Speaking of set pieces, what's a good percentage for you of a set piece working within a game? Well, I don't. I, we don't score a lot off set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of our weaknesses. But when you look at uh, Shelton, Shelton. Uh, that's what surprised me in Shelton because when Shelton played us in, in our game, the the, the 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 tie game, they had three or four absolutely fantastic set pieces, and with a bit of luck, they could have scored at least two of them. Right. You know, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great weapon in our game. If you have a a girl that's exceptionally good in the air, and you've got somebody that can that can serve the ball, and and that's a great weapon. And as I said, it's a, uh, you know, we 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 score we score a, a, a number one or two, but not enough, not enough. And uh, we have Owen quickly joining us on the podcast. Owen, he's twentieth year at Amity, but before that, we yeah. were the boys coach at Law. And I remember coach. How many years were you at Law? Oh, seven, eight, maybe. How old were you when you started? Jesus. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think electric was invented yet. It's. Uh, <laughs> I really. Uh, were you in your twenties uh, or thirties? Twenties. Yeah, I like twenties. I like twenties better than thirties. Okay. I, well, I've been coaching way too long. Way too long. Well, there's two questions I wanted to ask. First, what was it like coaching boys then versus girls now? If you can answer that one first, go ahead. Uh, it was. It was. It was definitely. Uh, I had to. I had to change. You, you coach boys. You know, boys. It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's a lot of rah rah rah. You know, I mean, it, it, it's. It's very. It's very. You know, fast and furious. Where. Where I could. My, my great analogy. I could put. I could put two, two boys at the bottom of the hill, and I could tell them to run up that hill ten times, and they run up the hill ten times. But I. I put two girls down. After the third or fourth time, they ask, "Why are we doing this?" You know, they. They, they, they think. They, they think. They think it out a little bit. A little bit quicker. You know what I mean? Uh, they said that uh, the girls' game when I, when I first coached, started coaching was uh, was was a little bit a little bit raw, but it's it's actually evolving and uh, it's getting better and better and better. And uh, sometimes I, I see some of the boys' games and I think the product's got a little bit weaker. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 more of the at the kick and run style. I watched a couple of high school games this year in the boys, and, and you know the ball was in the air more time than it was on the ground. Um, the reason I bring it up, obviously, showing my age too, because I was a kid covering a team. 1994 
and you've coached a special player. And those who don't know, Pierre Venditti was was our, our New Haven Register Male Athlete of the Year in ninety four ninety five. He went on to play at the University National of Maryland. National Player of the Year too. National Player of the Year yeah. went on to coach the University of Maryland. Yeah. I just remember a lot of those games. There was one particular game where he scored a hat trick against Foreign, which is this town rival. And they were giving him heck. I'm sure you remember. You know where I'm going with this. And yeah. they threw his shirt in the crowd and they burned it. And I didn't yeah. see any of it because I'm sitting there trying to get the time from the referee. And he goes, don't write that. I go, what are you talking about? A good reporter I was. I had no one what was going on behind me. What yeah. was it like coaching Pierre? And and get and you went to the semifinals that year losing the battle. What was it like coaching him and getting the players to respond around him? Uh, he was actually, everybody thought, I, I found it very, very easy to coach. Because he, he you know, he knew he was good. But he also turned around and uh, he was better than everybody else that, that, in that year. And he said we didn't have a lot of ro- lot around him. So, uh, again, he basically was games where he put us on his shoulders and he uh, and he uh, he carried us. Uh, you know, he used to get up the bed and off of being a little bit big-headed, you know, but that goes that goes around with being on the national team and, uh, you know, being, uh, being on this team and that team. But uh, I never had a problem with my son. My son came to practice. He worked exceptionally hard. And he had goals in mind of going on to play in college, you know what I mean? And uh, he achieved those. But I also had a girl on the other side of that trip was Lauren Irwin. That's right. Our high school. And I got to tell you, Lauren Irwin, including Pierre and Daddy, Lauren Irwin is the best best player, best athlete I've ever coached. Wow, she went on to play at Boston University and she was our area yeah, MVP. Yeah, she, she, she was an All-American in high school and in college. And... Uh, I, I, and she comes back and helps us out, and she's a fantastic role model for for uh, any young girl. And as I said, uh, you know, she uh, she used to play with the boys in in our town team, and uh, they they couldn't handle her. She she was unique, uh, and she was. That's what I keep on saying to our girls: if you if you can be half as good as her on the field and off the field, then uh, you're going to have a great time. That is that is by far the best athlete boy or girl that I've ever coached. Wow, that's saying something, because Pierre was tremendous, too. I mean, again, the, both, yeah. both of them were. I, had a, I was fortunate enough to cover them both, and uh, obviously they've gone on to have great college careers yeah. and, and uh, contribute in the community uh, in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, good. Go ahead. We've got a lot of, you know, and I've also seen other talent you know, in, in Connecticut, too, that you know have been very, very good. The girl back that went to St. Joe's was excellent, you know what I mean? But uh, as I said, so it's been a while since Connecticut's had a really, really, you know, top-notch player. Owen Quigley, longtime Amity Girls soccer coach, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Good luck the rest of the way. I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right, we want to thank uh, Amity Girls coach Owen Quigley for joining us there. Uh, that was awesome. I mean, he had so much to say about so many things. And these guys that have been around the game so long are, are just such you know fountains of knowledge about it. Yeah, he's grown up in Northern Ireland. He's seen the world around. I mean, obviously, I mean, boys coach at law, back and coaching a player like Pierre Mendy. People have no idea. I mean, he was just 6'3", and he was just big. And, yeah. And obviously, he mentioned Laurel and Irwin, and, and obviously how the game has evolved and changed. And, and uh, again, he may say rebuilding. I say reloading. Yeah. Somewhere in between is probably the, the right answer. The Amity is very good, and they'll be right there. And maybe they win the SEC, but they're going to have a say in who does. And they get to play their last four games, five of their last six, at home. That's a huge advantage, yeah, for them, as we discussed with him. Like grass right, field. with yeah. grass versus turf, and I'm sure and he has the advantage. But, you know, that's we'll see. And, again, I'm interested to see how teams – if you keep Audrey Marin off the scoreboard or keep her from assisting, you've done well, and Mercy did well. 
Uh, you got some girls' games coming up this week that we should go out and check out? Uh, we've already mentioned Guilford at Mercy today. I think, that, again, that's to give you an idea of what's going on. In the NCCC, you have Suffield and Granby on Wednesday. That's usually the game of the year in that league. Suffield hasn't lost a league game in the NCCC since 2011. That's, I think it was to Granby. It's unreal. And they don't play a league tournament, as we know. And Suffield has lost their first first round or second round game, I should say, because they got a bye in double L to Darien the last two years, as I wrote about uh, I mean, on Monday. Yeah, it's amazing. I just And they're a good team. Don't get me. Suffield was a finalist to St. Joe's in, in 13 in double L. So they're a double L team. And obviously we're curious as to, yeah, it is amazing. And you're right. Um, also Wednesday, Morgan goes to O-Lime, reigning Shoreline Conference champion versus the reigning four-time Class S state champion. Um, curious how O-Lime is without Maya Johnson, who's been as good a player in the program as you could have. Is valuable, if not more valuable, than the kids we mentioned in the interview with, uh, with Owen Quigley. Um, Amity Hand, we talked about. Mercy at Shelton, rematch of the SEC Girls Soccer Final last year when S. Shelton beat Mercy in penalty kicks. I'm curious how both those teams will be. Uh, so it should be a, 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 oh, a massive in Newtown is a, is a big-time SWC game. Massive loss in the opener to Shelton. They haven't lost since. Newtown lost to Pompero. They're the defending league champion. So, again, we're, gonna, we're, we're getting to see big games. We're going to find out who the contenders are and who the pretenders are in both sides. And like we mentioned earlier with prep in hand, you, you get an idea who's going to be there and who's not. Yeah, I mean, the team, everyone's past the quarter mark of the season now. We're heading towards the middle of the year. It's amazing how quickly. The team should be, you know, getting rounding into form, and, and you should the, the team should, the really good team should be separating themselves at this point, or starting to. You know, the, the standings, especially when you look at some of these conferences, are really jumbled up right now. But over the next few weeks, I think we'll see the better teams just start to step away from everybody else. And as you know, in this sport, you played it. I did not. The best team doesn't always win. You can dominate a game and lose, and that's the that's the beauty the of the sport. That's also the devastating, the most frustrating thing about the sport. I mean, that's what's amazing about Suffield too is like soccer, especially to win for eight straight years without losing in your conference. Because it's amazing. You it could is. go out and dominate, and the other team just scores one goal and sits back on defense, and you you lose that game. But eight years without a loss. In the and, and last year, I think it was a scoreless tie with Granby. So yeah, I I would think it's a possibility that could happen again. But we'll see. And if Granby wins, it's it's a great accomplishment. That's awesome. For that, but man. it doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means something if Suffield, if Graham doesn't lose again, because then obviously they'll be the league champion. Because I think they right. shared it last year because of the tie. No, no conference tournament, right? right. So, all right, uh, this was a fun show. Uh, Owen Quigley was awesome. Uh, I mean, I love having these coaches on that can just talk about soccer and they know the landscape. Is, they they, they so see it from a different it. perspective than yeah. we we approach it. So, yeah. and, and I mean, they're coaching kids, and I had never coached a day in my life, so I, I don't know how, what it's like to coach kids and be able to deal with that kind of stuff. And again, you're coming up with game plans and trying to do things and, and you're dealing with kids and you don't know how kids are going to react from day to day. So it's not an, int- not an easy thing to do nowadays. And I appreciate them uh, taking the time like Owen and, and coach last week to, to provide a perspective that most people don't understand. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get to the mailbag this week, uh, but we want to urge people when you go on to game time CT, just to ask us some questions in the mailbag. Uh, that's up with you know where we put the where we put the podcast, and as always, you know after you listen to this, if you enjoyed it, go over to iTunes, subscribe to Game Time CT, rate and review. Uh, we would really appreciate that. Uh, for Joe, I'm Scott. We will see you next week on Just for Kicks. <laughs>